The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. You guys want to talk about weird, funny stuff this week, or serious, depressing, important shit? Por qué no los dos? <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? Why not, Why not both? both? Okay. Well, you haven't seen enough taco commercials, Dave. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I don't watch TV anymore. Uh, I'm turning into one of them people. I just lie on my couch when I get home and watch the TikTok. Oh. You sound like Maddie. The yeah. TikTok. Yeah, if you're my age, you have to put an article in front of every... <laughs> I mean, you're ahead of me. I still haven't downloaded TikTok. I also have not downloaded TikTok. I refuse to. Yep. Instagram reels are bad enough. I uh-huh. cannot yeah. have an app dedicated yeah. to that. I agree. I know. I feel like I'm on my phone enough as is. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for maintaining your. Thank you. Your electronic boundaries. Ba- yes. Yeah. Thank you. Like whenever Twitter turned to X, it was a very ceremonious. I deleted Twitter off my phone. I, I have Twitter on my phone, but I only open it when I absolutely have to. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter. Well, you're an internet sensation. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of have to be for my job a little bit. <laughs> Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Shortcode Podcast, the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine, FYI. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio, like Robot Zendaya, she's a weird miracle. It's M1 Fallon Jones. Hi. Uh, She's trying to make the Twix bigger, trying to make us fat. It's M1 Taryn O'Brien. She sells her homemade Grimace shakes on Etsy. It's M1 Alex Nig. Hey. And he was Planet Earth's very first Sigma male. It's M3, Jacob Hansen. That's a new one. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad to see you guys. I also don't understand my association with Twix. I can't eat Twix, Dave. Oh, right. Mm, That's Uh, that's tough. Yeah. It's a Kanye reference. uh, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That went way over my head. Apparently he had a weird weird rant. Mm. Uh, at which time? Pan, uh, at some <laughs> which point, time? I believe it. <laughs> yeah, which time? <laughs> something about something about streaming music, and I I don't understand. Nobody nobody really quite understands where he was going with that. But I feel like that's the usual. You know, it's like re- listening yeah. to Kanye is like reading tea leaves. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to do your best. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was profound. That's me, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Profound. Yeah. Let's get that on a T-shirt. Uh, Jacob. Hey, it's been a while. It has been a while, Dave. I. Where you been? <laughs> Surviving courier. Nice. Um, I just got done with my first dedicated block. Got the best Valentine's Day gift, which was a pass on step one. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. You're like almost a real doctor now. Are you jumping right into step two then? No. Because you can't do that. Most people I know are. I decided to take the EKG class, which for you young fellas is a great little two week block where I just meet like three three hours for like a couple times a week. It's trying to save my flex weeks over here. Okay. Fair Um, enough. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll dive, you know, drink it from the fire hose once again for that little thing called step two. 
how so your core year's done? Yes, yes. How did it go? What uh, did you learn? Tell me something you learned. Oh God, where do I even begin, Dave? I learned that I'm not going to be a surgeon. Okay, a lot of people I, learned that. A lot of people did. I was one of those. I was one of many people. Yeah, which is lucky because there's only so many surgeons. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like mad props to my my classmates out there who want to go into that. It's just, I discovered it wasn't for me. Fair enough. What's the thing that's the most not for you about surgery? Just kind of all of it. Um, Just kind of all of it. But uh, on a more serious note, I think it is, it was absolutely wild to like step back and just see how much growth happens during your core year. Yeah. So I remember going home for Thanksgiving, my M2 year. And having all the relatives ask me all their questions. It's like that's just before you start. Yeah, just your wrapping up, rotate. wrapping up the preclinical phase here, and just like you think you know stuff because you spend way too many, much time like in lecture and all yeah. that stuff. You think you have an idea. I personally did not. I was like, you know what I can do though is go to Amboss and look that up for sure. you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then this past year, going home, Thanksgiving, Christmas break, whatever, and just like having people ask me these questions, it was like actually crazy that I'm like, oh yeah, I can answer some of those things. And like, it's very long. It's very tiring. It's like crazy flipping from psych to neurology to emergency medicine to pediatrics to all just all the different fields like every couple of weeks but it's just like you see so many different things and it's awesome we have this hospital here where you you know you're serving the state and parts of like illinois and whatnot so you just see just a bunch of really outstanding pathology and Mm, just pretty big range a lot of of range yeah. yeah so it's been great and that's why you haven't seen me in a while dave well I'm used to, it sucks for me, I'm used to people disappearing at about 18 months and then (laughs) seeing them start to slowly return to the podcast. And I'm excited that you popped your head up, if only for a little while. Appreciate your coming to visit. A few studies caught my eye this week about something we all harbor, whether we want to or not, implicit biases. First, a study providing evidence that implicit bias training as usually practiced doesn't work to change our biases, and two more with evidence that children of color receive worse medical care than white children. For instance, children of color are more likely to experience certain safety events in hospitals like post-op sepsis or respiratory failure. They're less likely to be diagnosed and treated for a developmental disability, and they are less likely to get painkillers for a broken limb. And that's pretty unfortunate. I think we we can all agree. So I guess my question to you is if it's difficult to change our implicit biases, I assume because we don't, as much as we might want to examine them, we don't know what they are because they're inside of us. What can you do to build into your practice of medicine to protect people of color you will care for someday from your own biases? And I don't know the answer to this. I, you know, I don't have too many suggestions, but I wonder if you had any ideas about this. I think one thing that comes to mind for me is exploring and delving into story more. Mm-hmm. I think that the way that we go about teaching about implicit bias at the moment is very like, 
I don't know, it feels sort of like practical, like, hey, these are what implicit biases are. These are what they might look like and like basically don't do them. And also they sort of demonize the people that do them, which is like people for the most part usually don't mean harm. It's more just like, you know, people don't know that they have. This is this is what this is how I grew up. This is what I got from media. This is where, you know, this is how I you know, view the world in a sort of incorrect way, I guess. Like nobody really wants to. Right. Nobody wants to be told that they're wrong. Right. Nobody wants to be told that they're a bad person because usually they're not, even if they are causing harm. Yeah. But I think the things that have helped me the most, at least, have been reading stories, anecdotes, longer stories, fiction or nonfiction, actually, um, that have just allowed me to see different perspectives and different ways of life uh than other people um yeah yeah okay that seems reasonable what about i mean one thing i was thinking that you probably should do even if you're in private you know like we patients get patient satisfaction surveys i don't know um there's a lot of ways to be dissatisfied um with your care you know maybe you didn't get the drug that you thought you wanted maybe you didn't get the care that you thought you needed there's a lot of valid things that patients say on patient satisfaction surveys but i think one thing that if i were in private practice what i would want to do is check in with my actual patients of color in a some sort of purposeful way to say hey i'm trying to be better i'm trying to be good at what i do for all of my patients have i ever made you feel as though I was treating you differently than I would treat everybody, than I would treat everybody else. I kind of would want to know that because I don't assume, I don't want to assume that I am perfect. Is I mean, would that be a weird thing to do as a physician? I, I, I don't know what opportunity you would have to do this as a hospitalist, for instance. But if I had a private practice, I might do it. I think it just, it really depends, like, kind of what you're saying on, like, what specialty you're in. Mm. For example, Dr. Finley here is an emergency medicine physician. Shannon Finley. Yes. Yes. Lovely human being. Yes, she's great. Graduate of the Carver College of Medicine. Yes, a wonderful human being. I think it would be pretty hard for her to, like, send out surveys, leaving the emergency room and just being like, hey. Yeah. It's just kind of the nature of her specialty. Right. But I know for her specifically, she's very involved with the social emergency medicine tracked here um and so kind of tackling some of those more upstream things that might lead to differences in care i won't speak for her but i believe is kind of where her focus is sure specifically in human trafficking yes but like her and her colleagues i would imagine are probably taking steps to kind of address that more and i think it's nice that we have so many wonderful primary care providers here though we could probably look into that because for this specifically, I think it'd be super interesting is like the pediatric population is just such a unique entity. And if you are ever asked, are kids little adults? The answer is always no. They're yes. not. They're, they're like, how can we go about asking them these things? How can Ooh, we? Yeah, that's a good point. We're, yeah. we, I would imagine it'd be very challenging to be able to do. Well, so. in all cases in pediatrics, I think that the, the one of the goals is partnering with parents. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's certainly going to be some issues with that, but I think that would be a good idea. It's just, I think we need to start even sooner. I would imagine, have you all received a whole lot of care about like kids? No. Exactly. We <laughs> we get no real training or very minimal training. Specifically on Specifically children. Specifically yeah, on we, children. Yeah, we, we do have some um, standard simulated patient programs with kids, I understand. But, you know, it's hardly going to be, it's hardly going to be enough until you actually get to a pediatrics rotation to like, it, it's a sort of a familiarization more than anything. Right. Yeah. And I like, I understand, you know, it's like, if you're just looking, kids are what, zero to 18 versus like the adult population, 18 to 80 or further. So like, you're going to see more adults and most of us go into adult medicine, but yeah, it's just, it's hard for us to really know exactly. We just don't have a strong foundation. At least I felt like I didn't until I, like you said, first got into it and just had to kind of dive in. I think it would be interesting to use uh, Epic Messaging. To send messages to patients and say, hey, how do I do? Sort of on a more personal level than, I don't know if that's allowed. I have no idea. I'm just making up ideas in my head. I don't know if that's allowed if you could just send a patient an unbidden message like, hey, <laughs> how do I do? That's a that's kind of a thought I had. At the U, you always get this printed out after visit summary as a patient, whether you go to the ED, whether you're there for follow up with the specialist or seeing somebody in primary care. It is easy for details to get lost in those because sometimes they'll include more details that the patient doesn't really care about. Like, oh, yeah, here's my medical history. Here's my med list. I just want to know what I need to do different. But if you just like for certain months of the year just stapled an extra card to the front that oh. says would you please take the time to go online and do this survey just to let us know if you felt like any implicit bias or just you know like let your providers know if you felt comfortable with the care that you're receiving and the communication and if you had like any further questions because then it's a little bit more front and center but it's not as in your face like pop Leaving the room after your visit, immediately pop your head. How'd I do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that, that could be a good idea, yeah. I agree. Again, I, it's hard to know if that's permitted or not, but. <laughs> well, I mean, they do all sorts of like post-care surveys and like satisfaction things like we were talking about. But I do think that there's something to be said for doing it and doing it in a way that the patient can feel comfortable giving that feedback because as much as we try to have like, oh, we're kind of on equal playing fields with this relationship, like there still is a power dynamic. And I can imagine as a patient, like I I don't know that I would necessarily like want to say anything to a doctor if I was asked that question just because there is like it's just a weird dynamic. So I feel like kind of doing it in a de-identified way definitely could help with that too i think you probably yeah you probably have to provide if you're really serious about it you probably have to provide both kinds of channels because i think there's a i suspect that there is a benefit to being like personally hey Mm -hmm. i care about this topic tell me what you tell me what you think versus a sort of anonymous like something that could be in the minds of the person who got the request a little bit performative a, that's a thought. Yeah. You fast. picked a heavy one. I did. Yeah. I did. I was feeling, I tell you what, like yesterday when I was sitting down uh, 
to finally, hey, it was a crazy week. And yesterday when I was finally sitting down to think about like what we were going to talk about today, I was just coming up with, with the most, first of all, I hadn't slept. And so I was probably like in some sort of depressed state anyway. Are, are you one of us, Dave? I am, in that regard, I am often, involuntarily, like I don't make a choice to like do something important like study versus sleep. Um, sometimes it just happens to me. So yeah, yesterday I was like, Everything is depressing. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It's a super important topic and it's very relevant, especially with like even our curriculum now. Like we they like the first week, I think we got a lecture on implicit bias in medicine and just like acknowledging the fact that you have it and consistently daily trying to keep that at the forefront of your mind so that you're going into every patient encounter with that you know, being taken into consideration, but that still doesn't catch everything, you yeah. know? It's like that it's implicit bias because we might not be consciously aware of it. Yeah, so exactly. There, it's, there's no easy answer for it. If yeah. there was, we wouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah. I think also the fact that this conversation thus far, at least, has come to a pause so quickly is just speaking to the fact that we have such a lack of diversity in the room mm-hmm. and our ideas can only go so far when we have similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when like when none of us necessarily have dealt with like problems of race specifically directed at us, like how can you really say from yeah. your experience? And, and I think that's true for a lot of, people in America like it seems unfortunate to me in 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 this country that it, those crossovers don't happen more often and yeah I'm yeah. not sure what to do with that, about yeah. that so you're right I think like this would be a great time for any of the listeners out here and I know that there have been podcasts about this before and we've basically asked the same thing but anybody that has any ideas I mean like please you know write in Call in the shortcoats at gmail.com three four seven short CT. Our socials, yeah, yeah, definitely reach out to us and tell us what a crappy job we did talking about this topic today. But also, <laughs> if you feel like you have the space in your mind to educate us or to let us know how you think of these things, love to hear it. That was the first thing in my mind whenever I saw you send these topics. I'm like, oh, I wish I had a few more days because I have some friends like from more diverse backgrounds that work directly with these populations that are members of these populations that I would love to just kind of pick their brains on. Yeah. They're also very active in like legislation and everything. Well, and if that's so, the case, Taryn, invite them on the show. We could use a guest. We like guests on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Bring an interesting one. Not like me. <laughs> <laughs> I filled up the guest spot today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear from those people. Of course. I can definitely look into that and reach out to them. Okay. But if they're boring, leave them out. No, I <laughs> just joke. You know me, pal, and I only associate with the coolest people. Shortcodes, if this episode is worth listening to this far, it's worth sharing. So blast us on your socials. And if you want a sticker for your trouble, send us a screenshot. Thanks. I have a little a short little news quiz for you, all lined up. Multiple choice. So it's not that bad. Let's see how well you do. An Israeli study in PLOS Biology 
late last year, found that men's revenge-seeking behavior and aggression were blocked when they sniffed what? A, odors extracted from the men's own armpits. B, women's tears. C, favorite foods made by the men's mothers. Or D, baby heads. Ooh. Wait, their aggression was subsided? Yeah. Yeah. Aggression was lessened. Favorite foods made by the men's mothers, Jacob? I was leaning towards that as well. I think I'm going to go. That would work for me. I was going to yeah. say, I feel like if I'm, I would, I went back home for family medicine. My mom cooked me dinner. It was very nice. I feel like I came back home. Be like, man, I had a bit. Is that, mm. is that I no longer, uh, <laughs> I no longer feel the need for revenge, Jacob uh-huh. said to his mom. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I'm going with D purely from like a biological evolution perspective. Oh. Baby heads do. You don't want to. And your progeny, otherwise your genetics don't pass on. So and, and I don't feel like that'd be a stronger maternal instinct. But I don't, I don't feel know. like I feel I like know. you know. Have you ever sniffed a, a random baby head? They're so dirty. I, I wouldn't oh. have actually. I wouldn't suggest doing this like on the street or anything. <laughs> um, Newborn nursery, like perfect, perfect time. <laughs> right oh before the circumcision. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's a good oh way to get kicked off a rotation. <laughs> Yeah, I might get kicked out of that rotation just because I like I love babies. I really like babies and I like, you know, smelling their little heads. They're so cute. Yeah. And so I guess I'll be the odd one out in this room. Not you don't like big, the smelling babies? I'm not a baby person, Dave. I'm just okay. like Have you smelled babies' heads? Yeah. I've what? tried. Like people are like, okay, try this. And I'm like, I got nothing. Does nothing. How for would you. you describe the smell of a baby's head? Perfect. <laughs> Valid, are you a baby person? I'm such a baby person. Really? Just their little faces. We have a future pediatrician who's going to fix all the problems that we failed to discuss this episode. (laughs) Yeah. How would I describe? So I I think that's it's a. I I think no matter what baby head you sniff, there is an there is somehow it's like a sweet. It's like it's like almost like I don't subtle say sweet rosy. odor. It's not like sweet like you know baby uh, powder, but it does have a certain genesis, certain genesis quoi, yes, baby powder esque exactly. genesis quoi. It is exactly like a genesis quoi. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite scent. Yeah, it's well, uh, it reminds me, and I mean, like maybe this is, but like I think of like Johnson and Johnson's baby shampoo. Yeah, but like, and maybe it, that's it, right? And maybe it is. Maybe that, but like Johnson and Johnson baby shampoo. Not is a sponsor. Like, but well, I feel like if you smell the bottle, it's not the same. It isn't. But once it gets like attached to like their sweet little baby fuzzes and like all their silly little cradle cap, and then you, oh, they're just. Mm. I I feel bad for you. Taryn, uh, that you can't ex- some for some reason can't experience the joy that is uh, sniffing a baby head. It's okay. There has to be the good ants in the world that thinks they're more fun and they're terrible twos, and yeah, will bring them out to their farm. Yeah, I mean, and throw them outside and make them pick up rocks out in the field. I mean, it, it you gotta is, have those ants in that, your life. Yeah, that builds character yeah. for sure. <laughs> it, it is true that they do get more interesting. So you know, there is yeah. that. If, if you're if your criteria for loving children is that they have to be a little bit more interesting than a little blob that yeah. smells good, of potatoes. Course. They're like potatoes. They're like potatoes. They have to be able to verbally communicate a bit better, and I have to be able to return them to their parents at the end of the day. That is also a benefit of 
not having your own babies yet. No, the answer is... Is it women's tears? Yes. It's because of the apocrine glands that we have on our eyes. I'm almost positive. Well, tell tell me more about that because I don't know. I thought those were tear mm -hmm. tear ducts. We have apocrine glands glands on our eyes and they're like... People think that I think apocrine glands are like vestigial. But you have them in your armpits and you have them in your groin. And you also have them on your eyelids. And basically like... I think the idea behind them is they help you sense other people's like, like, you know how they say sometimes that like people will find like, for example, like women will find men's body odor like less abhorrent than like other people's body odor because like it they're like compatible in some way right and i think it's a similar situation okay i think it's something that we can't exactly detect like up here no sorry like up here in the top of your mind right 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 but like it's something that happens sort of i i don't know that was totally me being like a witch doctor and i'm sorry about that it was a little (laughs) it was a little hand wavy but i I think uh that's inevitable in this topic uh yeah a group of men were exposed to women's emotional tears or to saline when they played a two-person game. The game was designed to cause aggression against the other player who the subjects were told were cheating. Revenge-seeking aggressive behavior during the game dropped more than 40% when the men sniffed women's emotional tears. How those tears were acquired... I was just about to ask that. I'm like... (laughs) Maybe makes these tears emotional. Like, Maybe they like made them watch sad movies and then they just like put little test tubes under their eyes. Okay, that would be the... I did not immediately jump to that. I, I was thinking that the researchers maybe went home and were like, you know, if their honey happened to be sad, be like, hang on just a second, honey. Here's, here's your <laughs> vial. They put like breast pumps. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely need to replicate this study. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good idea. Itty <laughs> breast All right. None of you got that right. That's okay. That's okay. Researchers at the University of Iowa Healthcare published a study in Advanced Science that described their invention that inhibits something called autophagy in mice and human cells, something cancer researchers have been trying to do with mixed results for a while. What was the invention? Do you know why? First of all, before you tell me what the invention is, Jacob, you've been around here longest. You guys might know about this. seven years. Yeah, you guys might know this. Are you an uh, also, no, I went here for under. Uh, yeah. Uh, my question to you is: What is autophagy, and why is it a good idea to inhibit autophagy? In- well, it inhibit in some cases. Other cases, it's a good thing. Okay. So we have cells in our body that sometimes we need. Yeah, like our apparently women's eye glands. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing peace to the world. Yes. So you shout out to those. <laughs> Apparently, it doesn't have the whole same superpowers. But think about like developing. We have like webs between our fingers and our toes. And me personally, I'm glad that they're not there anymore. Okay, sure. So things like that. Or in the case of this study, sometimes DNA goes a little bit wry. Maybe we could develop a tumor. Say so we don't want that tumor anymore. So we have processes in our body. That will phagocytize those and eat them up. Okay. So they but why would you want to inhibit that in cancers? Try to inhibit that. Okay. So it's fine that you don't know because I don't know either. I'm really grasping at straws here. <laughs> sure. It would probably be in cases where you have like 
tumors that maybe have a little bit more destructive phagocytic properties. I'm sure there's some kind. Oh, Don't no. ask me what kind, but there probably is because cells and cell bio in the body, weird stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so if anything, maybe it's just to try to protect like certain tissue regions if you start having uncontrolled Aren't there bacteria death. that like when you try to fight against them, they release toxins? Oh, tons. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. too. So. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Also, you have like weird autoimmune stuff mm-hmm. that's going on that sometimes causes damage, you know, IBD, psoriasis, things of this nature that, you know, if we could turn those off, that Might would be helpful as well. Function. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the what was the invention that we're talking about here? A drinkable form of acetic acid created from decomposing vegetable matter, a sort of gravy made from bovine mammary glands. The juice of durian fruit or a carbon monoxide infused foam beverage. Carbon monoxide foam beverage. I'm going with durian. (laughs) Okay. I'm going with... Have you you had a durian? It smells like pee-pee. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going with durian just because there has to be some like evolutionary reason that we've kept them around because they're so dang stinky. They are so stinky. Am okay. I the only one who doesn't know what Be that glad is? you don't know what a durian is. It, if I remember correctly, fruit. it's kind of like a, it's kind of a spiky little... Spiky, stinky jackfruit. Spiky, oh. big old... But yeah. it smells like pee. Like Melon kind of thing. Smells like and it smells terrible. Famous Delightful. for smelling terrible, but also is apparently tastes okay. Uh, it's, it's used... If you pluck I, your nose, maybe. Well, it has like a kind of... So as... Pungent as the smell is, the taste isn't as pungent, but it kind of tastes like musky or musty banana musk melon combo. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty. But if you're sounds like, delicious. I think that would cause aggression in me, dude. I think yeah. It sounds like- <laughs> yeah. If you're like sniffing, like if you're smelling while you're like sucking on the candy or like eat it, it's yeah. don't do it. There's candy. Oh, they have durian candy. Right. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. in China, like durian as a pizza topping is a really big oh. thing. Oh. Supposedly that's good, which interesting. I can mm-hmm. see that maybe make your pizza taste weird. Well, I guess you have an assignment, Fallon. I, <laughs> I want to try some durian candy. Oh, you can get it on Amazon. I don't want to waste my money on that. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. <laughs> Go to the optoplastics department. When I was there, for some reason, they had it. Oh, durian candy. I have no idea why. Nice. Ah. I did not try any. I was not offered. I think they forgot I existed. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Good. Yes. Keep it that way. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else have a? Have I'm a going guess? A. a. Drinkable form of acetic acid created from decomposing vegetable matter. Okay. Yep. Did you? Did you do your answer? You, you went. You went durian as well. Yeah. I did. Uh, yes, Jacob is correct. A carbon monoxide oh. infused foam beverage. Researchers have known for several I, decades. I saw the post. <laughs> Researchers have known for several decades that the cell's recycling system is more active in cancer cells than healthy cells, suggesting that inhibiting autophagy might be a good treatment. But results have been mixed. The researchers in this case noticed that smokers in two previous trials trying to inhibit autophagy seemed to shrink their tumors better. Smokers have high CO levels, so Dr. James Byrne decided to make a delicious creamy beverage with the stuff to test. His specialty, by the way, is making these foam-infused liquids and gels. I'm not sure how that came about for him, but good. And it worked in mice, hopefully paving the way for human trials. So, hmm. Carbon monoxide-infused foam beverage. Carbon monoxide? Monoxide. See oh. So, Heesh. Yeah. It's like the only thing that smoking has ever been positive for. Besides, uh, what is it? Ulcerative I, colitis. 
Is it? They were careful to say. I was about to send you a meme for later. Endometrial cancer, Mm -hmm. for some reason, has a protective effect with smoking. Uh, Yeah, they they were careful to say smoking's not a great way to prevent cancer (laughs) or treat cancer. Most of the the oncologists out there will agree with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A study from the University of Georgia found that for people with chronic pain, weather can be a significant factor in their daily activities. 70% 70% of respondents say they would alter their behavior based on what kind of information? Weather forecasts delivered by very attractive people. Weather-based pain forecasts. Sternly worded weather forecasts. Or forecasts that explain weather-related dangers in detail, but with sympathy for those who must ignore the dangers. I think B. Oh, I think we're too superficial. I'm going A. Same. I'm going A. Wait, what's so A? A was weather forecasts delivered by very attractive people. Oh, wait. What was B? Uh, weather forecast, weather-based pain forecast. Uh, You're going with A. Now I'm going with B. Okay. okay. I want to see Dave behind a green screen. Show me oh, A. Oh, that's very <laughs> sweet. Nobody has ever said that I have a face for television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weather-based pain forecast. People are jonesing oh, for a forecasting tool like this. The lead author said 72% of those living with migraines and 66% with pain-related conditions said they would change behaviors, cancel plans, or take preventive actions. Uh, if they got such a forecast. so I mean, that's totally fair. If somebody told me I was going to be in pain on whatever day, like 100%, I'd be. Stay at home. Yeah. I don't care what Sexy Jim is doing. Like I won't <laughs> you know. I've had one who's <laughs> Sexy Jim the forecaster. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've had one migraine in my life. I never want to repeat that again. Oddly, it was after the birth of my first child. I accidentally forewent all of my usual vices like coffee and sleep. And, and then I was useless to my wife the next day who had just given birth. So, Thanks, Dave. Anyway. Well, now you know if you have another kid. If you're... <laughs> I was like, I'm hoping that ship has sailed. <laughs> it definitely has sailed. <laughs> yeah, that's the news quiz. Y'all did very well. It's looking like my U-World percentage right now. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three. We all did aggressively okay. <laughs> well, you made it to the second break. You tolerate us. If you can, consider donating or buying a sticker or something. Visit theshortcoat.com and help us do stuff without having to beg a dean for money. Thanks. Memes. Sometimes it seems like med school runs on memes. memes and to be honest, I don't have a ton of meme experience in general. Like sometimes I see them and I'm like, I have no idea what is going on in this meme and my children especially send memes to me that I have to pretend to laugh at if I acknowledge them at all and I don't know if this is a symptom of my slow descent into pop culture irrelevance or what but maybe you can you, Fallon, you told me that your class is kind of a meme fest. Yeah. A meme extravaganza. Of Stefan. Shout yeah. out to Stefan. A meme, a meme G. Yeah. Yeah. Before every exam, we get like no less than four unit appropriate memes. Oh. They're like, if I understand them all, that's how I know I've studied enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's how I know I'm ready. Yeah. I like secretly call him our meme lord and savior, even though I wonder if that's inappropriate. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty fitting yeah but well let's do this uh show me some memes oh there we go uh the first one there's a for our listeners there's a punch card it says admissions to medicine and then there's a punch card of like six different punches 
on my way to San Francisco for this conference. Maybe I should pass these out in the exhibit hall. See you tomorrow, Bone Bros. Admissions to medicine. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it's it. From Doctor Glaucom Flecken. Um, I had to include last time I was here. He was too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? He was here? Well, he was on the show. He was he on was the show. What? Yeah, in yeah. Uh, March, yeah. I think. Yeah. It was something during like Second Look Day. Or March. like right before Second yeah, Look Day. Yeah, something like that. Bring him back. Oh, like that's the amount of times that you have to go through the cycle, you mean? No, no it's no. like, this is how many, like ortho is notorious mm-hmm. for making medicine admit their patients oh. as like the primary mm-hmm. service. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. 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 the light bulb oh. turn on, Dave. Oh. All right. Oh. All right. Yep. Obviously, I don't know a lot about that yet. Not they med school work. admissions. Yeah. No. yeah, I was I was confused too. It's okay. <laughs> this is our perspective at work here. We're all okay. They all right. be where the bones are not fixed yet, Dave. Yeah, fair enough. Dave, I'm resending you my things because I don't think you took them. Well, I don't. I have a chance to go back and. I don't think so. No. You have to accept them immediately. Oh, unless okay. it falls away. That's dumb. <laughs> Apple, that's two dumb things we talked about. All right, there you go. Oh God. This was one of New our New England Journal of Medicine, ones. a this meta-analysis so of best practices to awaken a stuporous patient, <laughs> and there's a guy dripping Tabasco sauce <laughs> into his eyes. <laughs> right That's, after the Dr. G meme. Come on. <laughs> That's great. So first, Dave, what defines stuporous? Oh, well, a uh, sleepy, non-responsive kind of like un, unresponsive patient. How do you wake them up or make uh, them responsive? You Well, smelling salts is one, one thing that I've seen people f- play with on the internet, which how, do you poke them in the ribs? Oh, well, it's called a sternal rub. You rub their sternum. Yeah. Uh, what? Because yeah. it's painful stimuli. If you're stupid, oh, like rub you're real hard. only aroused for painful, noxious stimuli. Yeah. Ah. Which is why this is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Tabasco sauce of the eye. Ha! Pretty sure that's painful. <laughs> Nerds. Uh, all right. Yeah, This earlier this week I did inhale some sriracha by accident. Ooh, no. I'm sure that was noxious. It's not It's not great. Wait, Dave, I had a perfect... I was looking for it. So one of the reasons that I had such a not fun time on my surgery rotation is because I had a foreign body in my eye... And I ended up looking kind of like that coming oh. out of the emergency room. Oh, so what I was trying kind to, of foreign body? They couldn't find it, so that was fun. Those are the best. Uh-oh. Do you think it was? But I'm fun? having a hard time finding. Oh, here we go. After so they forgot about me. <laughs> they forgot about me in the emergency room. So this is what I looked like after after a couple hours Oops. of irrigating my eyeballs. Oh no. Of your eyes, you had a foreign body in. No, but you have to ros- rinse them both out. Oh no! <laughs> it's just a good you idea. Look so sad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went into the OR the next day, and the attending's just like, "Hell's wrong with you." Like, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, All right, send me another one, somebody. Sister Ambien. <laughs> Sister Ambien or something. I don't know. I didn't pay attention in neuro. We've got a a nun with Ambien in place of her face. There's this thing called the Cisterna Ambience. Oh. Um. Anyway, but 
Sister Ambien. I like <laughs> Sister Ambien. <laughs> All right. Okay. Checking how much of my loans are left in December. I declare bankruptcy. Oh, it's it's uh, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. Nice. Student loans. Always a meme worthy topic. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> the fuck around and find out cycle. Observation, question, research, topic area, hypothesis, test with experiment, analyze data, report, conclusions. That's the ECB. The EBCB. scientific method. Yes. yes. So the scientific method is fuck around and Basically. Find out. Exactly. Okay. It can be boiled down to four words, yes. Yes. <laughs> Me, after asking anything else for the one trillionth time, it's a skeleton. <laughs> this is, oh, I know what this is. This is a reference to trying to leave after your, during your clinical rotation. I no. would work in that situation too, though. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is this when we do pa- yeah, when we do patient interviews, mm-hmm. and they come in and like have more than just the initial concern, and so you have to keep asking them like anything else, like any anything else you want to talk about today. So this is referring and to like your five. simulated patient yes. interviews, yes. where yes, your the their the goal is to elicit the particular thing correct that yes. they want you to elicit exactly. Mm-hmm. I see. I used to work for that department. You were an oh. SP? No, I was. Oh. I helped. I was, you know, I was the clerk for that department. Dave, you would be the years. best SP. I have. I was asked to do one. It was one of those group ones. Oh, yeah. That you do early on. Oh. And oh. those are fun. If yeah, I remember fun. correctly, I had a. I don't think they've gotten. I had an STD or something. I had an STD. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Probably taking yeah, sexual history. Yeah, 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 sexual yeah. history. That's yeah, what that's, it was. That's the sexual uh, word. I taught that this year. It's a lot of fun. I did have a good time with that. I was drawn in at the last minute, so I got to refer to my notes, but it was fine. All right. (laughs) All right. So this one is the classic meme of a guy looking back at hot woman and and girlfriend being annoyed. And the hot woman is tutoring Dr. Russo. No, not tutoring. (laughs) Torturing. Torturing. (laughs) Torturing Dr. Russo. The hot guy, or the guy is Dr. Galbach, and the annoyed girlfriend is a normal hypothetical. I don't know what this means. This is like very CCOM niche. Yes. <laughs> yes. Basically, it was just when we were doing, what was it? Was it the heart stuff or the palm. lung stuff? It was palm. Basically, all of the hypotheticals were like, if we took Dr. Russo and we put him in a torture machine, what would happen? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Versus like, Dr. Russo is running. Like, you know, what's going on with his lungs? Nice. <sighs> Who was responsible? Was that Dr. Gelbach who's mm-hmm. yeah, responsible yeah. for that? Yeah. Got it. Got it. That's great. When you're, That's, I think it's, yeah, it's a Willem Spider-Man. Defoe, Willem Defoe uh, from Spider-Man yeah. Uh, yeah. standing on the step. When you're interviewing a patient and they mention they're a drummer, <laughs> you know I'm something of a percussionist myself. Okay. This must have to do with auscultation, right? Not quite. Mm, that's listening. Is that, oh, that's listening. Mm-hmm. Percussion. Percussion. Mm-hmm. So this is what you do. If you don't know, this is what you do. When, like when your patient's sick, you thump them real hard <laughs> and it... You know, it resets. It fixes them. Fixes yeah. them. Also, if anybody cares, I'm pretty sure that what was my dorm room, my second year of college. Over really? Here? Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Where is that? That's at Columbia, but Absolute, but yeah, I yeah. think right up there is my or no, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Trying to find a consolidation. Fallon has a cooler location 
history than I do. I just have a list of like all the places on campus I've cried <laughs> during undergrad and my master's, <laughs> now med school. <laughs> There's a listeners. There is, if you're not familiar, there is a certain amount of crying <laughs> that seems like a baseline normal, unfortunately, in in medical school. So you know, I don't think I cried like. The entire first semester. Yeah. I think that it, I was just like so busy that mm-hmm. I just. There were no time for your. Yeah. Like your, it was like, OK, I'm upset, but I can't do it. Peaceful. There was no need to, to calm them down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rephrase. No I honestly like yeah. haven't. Since med school, I haven't had any like emotional breakdowns of like something so horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've cried. But usually it was either I laughed so hard that I cried. Mm-hmm. I went home and watched a sad movie so I could mm-hmm. like unload all of my internal stress. But I haven't had like uh, any direct medical school experiences yeah. that cool. have made me cry. I think I've said I this on say. The- Undergrad. Yes. Different Masters, situation. Yeah. Like, that's a totally different wheelhouse. I, I think... Uh- I, I think I had a similar situation that you've just just described when I was a younger person and had a job at MTV Networks and and I was in their ad sales department. I took this job and for MTV. I did. Yeah, it's I not did that not great. That. OK, uh, I took a job briefly in the ad sales department. I had to fill in bubble sheets all day. Like imagine filling in bubble sheets all day. And if you filled in the wrong bubble sheet, it's not just a wrong answer. It's like a million dollars lost. Oh, sounds um, like the MCAT, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst. And so I would go home and, at night and watch television like Rescue 911, <laughs> which was a William Shatner hosted reality show about accidents and shit. And I'd just be like, oh, there's a little girl under the truck. <laughs> so anyway, I get it. This is my long winded way of saying I get it. <laughs> Hello, this is Dave from MTV Cribs. <laughs> people, people always thought when I would say this, and this is why I like saying it, that I was much cooler than I am. I went back to my fifth year high school reunion, and people thought I was the shit. <laughs> That's because you are, Dave. Yes. Uh, but I was not the shit. All right, next meme. <laughs> Uh, this is a big brain meme. Memes. <laughs> Making memes with hemispatial neglect. Uh, we have one is learning neuro, I sleep. And the other picture is learning the names of sipless parrots. We've got a very crunchy <laughs> picture of the same person with shining eyes. Real shit. I just know Skylar. It's the one I remembered. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's correct. Justin Sipla, our, our neuro guy. He's actually a paleontologist, but he's somehow become our neuro guy. Um, <laughs> Sounds and, funny when you say mm-hmm, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all do things that we didn't expect. Yeah, he's a parrot rescuer mm-hmm. and he has parrots at home and he brings he uses them as our as learning aids. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for him. But I'm not sure what this means. So <laughs> we just had like our kind of overarching integrative neuroanatomy exam. Mm-hmm. And there's a very specific region of the brain on the right side where if you... I know what hemispatial neglect is. Okay, so you got that. So, so that's like when you you don't... Something you don't perceive what's going on in one side of your brain. Yeah, usually that's why the, the yeah. slide's white, Dave. On the... Yeah, that's oh! why the left side is white. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's like on the left side, like you're not making memes, just all your meme making, making ability memes. is on the right side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny. God. That's great. <laughs> Again, it's how we know we're studying enough. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Dr. Pizzamenti memes were my favorite. <laughs> All right, which button do I press? There we go. We have a phone. Somebody's listening to Spotify, I guess. It's a Spotify wrapped. Spotify wrapped. And her number song was Life is a Highway cover by Anatomy Anatomy course director Mark Pizzamenti. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Please see six thirty-five, six minutes and thirty-five seconds of the autonomics of the head and neck lecture for reference. Okay, I'm gonna need help with this one. So, Doctor Pizzamenti, love the guy. I like the helpful he, footnote. I feel like all yeah, memes yeah. should have a helpful footnote for me. He during his like autonomics lecture, and also just. I think he does it during the orientation stuff as well, but he talks about all these like pathways of like nerves and nuclei, like going to these different places to supply these different things. And he's just like, it's like a highway. You start here and throughout anatomy, like his thing is see where the structure started, see what course it's taking and where it ends up is like the best surefire way to identify something. So he really likes to reference the song Life is a Highway. Okay. And the kachow is because of the Life is a Highway cars connection, like the Pixar movie cars. Oh, sure. Sure, 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 I was about to say, Dave, have you not seen cars? (laughs) Uh, It's been ages since I had a young toddler in the house. But yeah, I get it. That 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 doesn't stop me. Well, very good. Yeah. Oh, we're back. We're back That's to a whack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're back to these people, hot guy looking at hot lady with the uh, girlfriend. Was there a name for this meme? I don't, I don't know. know. The lady with the girlfriend who's pissed. And the hot girl is lingual branch of V3. Uh, the wayward man is Corda <laughs> Timpani. And the annoyed girlfriend is cranial nerve seven. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I got to process this. Can y'all tell I'm an anatomist at heart based on yeah, my I enough for me to actually understand this. I always think of corded timpani as cranial nerve seven and never thought anything more. I mean, of who it. doesn't? <laughs> but it's like a cool. Corded timpani is one of my favorites. It has a weird track, yeah. Yeah. Dave. So basically, corded timpani carries the special sense for taste Mm -hmm. Uh for the anterior two-thirds of your tongue it originates from cranial nerve seven Mm -hmm. however obviously yeah once it enters the infratemporal fossa which is basically in your cheek area it splits off of cranial nerve seven and joins up with the lingual branch of v3 Oh. To supply the anterior two-thirds of your tongue with taste sense thank god i passed anatomy (laughs) (laughs) are memes educational these ones are yeah I mean, like, 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 could you do? Could you use this for a study aid? I mean, I would totally use it. Like, whenever I TA'd Medgross, I essentially would go to the board and I'm like, okay, so you have cranial nerve seven. Well, Corda Timpani gets bored of it. And it's like, you're not going where I want because cranial nerve seven doesn't really innervate the tongue at all it's going to do muscles of facial expression and so it's hopping off it's going to go join up with somebody who's actually going where it wants to go so it joins the lingual branch of v3 
You kind of have to make up like little stories, stories for all yeah. of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, imagine you are a little, this is SpongeBob four panel cartoon. Okay. On a piece of paper is imagine you are a little red blood cell. SpongeBob is then shown looking at that piece of paper. Then SpongeBob is showing letting go of that piece of paper into a fire. And now he's warming his hands. This is classic <laughs> on the fire. Classic SpongeBob meme. Yeah. I think this is like, I don't care. This is like an I don't care. I don't know. I can't even tell what they're trying to do with this uh, one. So, so this is the one, spleen? Like, I don't know. No, no, this no. was just the start to so many questions on oh. like practice exams and stuff. Oh. And uh, learning objectives. Imagine you're a little oh. red blood cell blood and you map. have to get from here to here. Uh, yeah. And so that's how we were taught to like study the different pathways of how blood flows through the body. And oh, they would so always cool. say that. Piz would always be like, okay, so you're a blood cell. Yeah. Now how do we get there? Yep. Where it's did you start? Where are you, where yeah. path are you taking? Where do you end up? Well, good. I've enjoyed learning about memes. I don't know if it's going to help me be med school hip or cool, but uh, it's a thing that has happened. That's our show. Fallon, Taryn, Jacob, Alex, thanks for being a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. And what kind of reverse meme lord would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, <laughs> for making us part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're, we're there. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying, don't let the bastards get you down. You don't have to do that. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.